Ah, greetings and salutations and happy St. Patrick's Day. Welcome to the Hard Rock O-Lunch O-Box. O-Box, right? Hard Rock Lunch O-Box? That should be... Should be well, whatever. I already ruined it. Let's just get out of here. See you all next week, everybody. All right, yeah. It is indeed St. Patrick's Day. Don't you worry for one solid minute. I've got a lot of garbage. I mean Irish music for you today that we'll be playing. Uh, I actually grabbed a whole bunch of um, of Irish music, and it was actually kind of funny because I started running out of good Irish bands really fast, like a, very more fast than I thought I was going to. So I ended up grabbing some non-Irish bands with Irish members, and that's how we're going to handle the rest of today. But don't worry, a few, few whiskeys in, they're all Irish. Am I right? All right. Yeah. <laughs> I am, I don't know, like a 16th or a 32nd Irish. I do know that when I was growing up, and, oh, cool, I'm having more, uh, I'm having more computer problems. Well, no, it's it's telling me I am still not optimized, and I could tell you, no shit. <laughs> I have to fix that. I just realized just now, seeing it, that I have blown that off for the entire week. I haven't bothered to fix that situation, so... It's fun when I'm doing stuff that nobody else can see. <laughs> Except for a week. A week from now, speaking of which, on the top 20, um, the top 20 this week is actually a pretty good one. Um, and I don't say that lightly. Anybody that knows the show and knows me knows that uh, I will just as easily tell you that it's not a good one when it isn't. But this is the one where we're talking about like kind of matters and, and uh, the sort of discourse that people are severely lacking in these days, especially angry people uh, and the angrier people that tend to exist on... Let's say to my right, uh, it's not it's not really a political thing. I mean, there's angry people on my left and my right, and I do find the people that are angry on the left tend to be a little bit more annoying about things. Uh, and I've been saying that for a really long time. Like, I do try not to be like super like. Excuse me. Let me just try and fix. Uh, there is no fixing. I'm sorry. Um, people on the left tend to be tend to be more annoying because they just they come off as like a more of a whine and I don't like that and then people on the right tend to be more they come off as more less annoying but more moronic and stupid because they are and that's not my fault again we've talked about this this has to do with genetics and education and all that other stuff and I have no kids to the right of me so I have won the kid battle Um, but yeah, the top 20, it's a, it's a good one. Uh, put your comments up there. I will get to them this week. Like always, I always, uh, do my absolute best to try and get to, uh, respond and, and interact and comment. It's, it's actually easier for me to do it there than it is on uh, other forms of social media because I'm just not on other forms of social media as much. And then, you know, when I am, it's always just, it's less of a lightning rod than it used to be because I used to get a whole bunch of dog pile on the rabbit whenever I would say anything, but now it's a lot quieter. And I don't know if it's because people have just filter bubbled off or, um, you know, it's because of the, the amount of times I've been in Facebook jail. Like, I don't, I don't really know the answer. And honestly, I don't really care anymore. Uh, I had a long, um, I had a good long run and, and that was kind of that. So yay. Man. 
Um, but yeah, we can get to some uh, light housekeeping. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I was talking a little bit about Freud. Freud had a lot to do with it. Uh, not specifically, more he had a lot to do with identifying it. Uh, and basically, yeah, the whole the whole top 20, we need people to stop being dicks. To other people that are just getting by, we should be we should be doing to them what the entire world is doing to Putin right now, and I think that's funny. Uh, I did put up something uh, the other day that I thought was funny because it made me laugh. Uh, the Russians have finally released some sanctions against individuals. If you're not following, like we sanctioned um, not only the oligarchs in Russia, but we sanctioned like Putin himself, and and sanctions they sound like they don't matter and they're not a big deal. Um, but they're kind of a big deal because these sanctions, these economic sanctions, what they do. Now, this is not a problem for you and me, but pretend for a second that you come here. So pretend for a second that you and me and everybody listening, not other people, just 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 us. So we're going to do this real quietly. Pretend that we had millions and millions of dollars or rubles or whatever else in banks all around the world. Just pretend. Like I know. I know the average here is probably about twenty three fifty two in your savings account. That's with a decimal, $23.52 in, in one American bank. But just imagine you had millions of dollars in like all these other banks around the world. Well, if you're a Russia, if you're a Russian in Russia, well, you're and all your money's in Russia, you're all set. But if your money is, say, I don't know, in a Wall Street-backed or looking American bank or a British bank or a French bank or an Italian bank... They just seized all that money. <laughs> like, remember when you used to have millions of dollars in all those offshore accounts? Well, nope. And and you might be thinking, like, why are Russians so dumb? They're not keeping it in, like, the Seychelles and stuff like that. They, they are. They have their money there, too. But that money doesn't make money. That money gets hidden. If you're trying to make money, remember, like, I'm always saying, like, money just makes money, right? So if you have money, even if you had the lowest interest-bearing savings account in America, say it was, like, 0.5%, you know, on a million dollars, that's a lot of money, and that's more than some people actually make in a year. So it makes sense to do that. But mainly it's a security thing. Like, basically, if you ever have to leave Russia in the middle of the night, you can go to America where your money you have millions of dollars in bank. Anyway, so with those economic sanctions, we just seized all that. So they don't have that money anymore. I mean, we didn't take it. That, that would be like a Swiss move, like when everybody stored their Jewish artwork there, and the Swiss were like, we don't even know, like... Uh, I don't. Do you have a receipt? Like all that bullshit that they pulled uh, in World War II. It's not like that. Like this is just frozen. They can't access it with the promise that they will be able to access it once sanctions are lifted. But sanctions aren't going to be lifted anytime soon, it seems. Anyway, so those sanctions are kind of a big deal. So in retaliation, the Russians, the Russian government, fought, levied sanctions against a bunch of prominent American politicians who, by all accounts, do not have money in Russia, so it doesn't matter at all. Uh, but on there, obviously, was, like, President Biden, which is not surprising. His hunter, his son, Hunter Biden, was also on there. But also on there was Hillary Rodden Clinton for, as far as I can tell, absolutely no good reason. But the most important part of that particular story is Senor Trump was not on there, and I don't know why. I mean, he's so wealthy and so influential and has all this money and projects in Russia. You'd think you want to hit him real hard, unless, of course, he's your best friend that just called you a genius, you know. I'm... 
I don't know. This is me literally speculating, but I do know for a fact that they did not sanction him, and he is a the most recent former president, and has a good amount of money, according to himself, and falsified papers that he filed in New York. No big. Um, but also... Um, there's a lot of deals in Russia, right? He was trying to do that Trump-Moscow thing. Remember, like, while he was running for president, and everyone was like, you can't do that, dude. And he was like, ah, I can do that. Ah, ah, it's perfect. Ah, my small finger is perfect. Grab that pussy. Like, you know, that kind of shit. Whatever he was doing. I don't I don't remember exactly. That's not a quote. It's a paraphrase. But uh, I kid the Trumper. Um, but he was not sanctioned, so I thought that was funny. And I put that up, and... People were like, well, I don't, you know, what what difference does it make? Like, you know, he's not in charge anymore. I'm like, first of all, he's a very likely political candidate for 2024. He's our last sitting president. And he seems like he's still involved in a lot of politics. Just kind of ask anybody in politics. So I thought it was kind of a big deal and noteworthy that he wasn't on there. And people were like, man, it doesn't really matter. Why is he? And I'm like, because Hillary's on there. And Hillary's even further removed from politics than Donald is. So... Anyway, do your homework. Stop being stupid. You know, same usual message here on the box. <laughs> uh, also in housekeeping. By the way, I could use a housekeeper. This, this place is a mess. That needs to be dusted. Um, the uh, the boys over in BIMP. Uh, the uh, Bacon is my podcast people. People, the good people over at BIMP. Uh, they're doing a full interview with the GFM band. I did not see that. I bailed on uh, so much stuff this week. I'll try and get into why that is in a little bit. Uh, I just totally bailed. And they have seven questions with the band Haunter, which I have to tell you, if I, I saw Haunter and immediately thought it was the Pokemon, it is not the Pokemon. And I do not know if I'm going to even bother watching it. Because I was hoping that maybe like we could get Ghastly and Gengar on there. But if it's just going to be some band named Haunter, I mean, like, that's... I mean, I suppose it's going to be a good interview. But you want to talk about a real get? Get the real Haunter. And that's all I have to really say about that. Um, upcoming shows, Rebel 9 and Pathmaker will be opening for Osmosis. That is the uh, New York State uh, preeminent uh, Ozzy Osbourne tribute band. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Me and James were talking about that Saturday night, about how, like, normally we wouldn't do such a thing. But, like, I don't know. Once we play a show, have a couple of shots, I might be inclined to sing a little Crazy Train. You know what I mean? Like, it might be a lot of fun. But I'm super stoked to get back on stage with Pathmaker. I, I like James a lot. And I like his band a lot too, so I'm I'm excited for that. Like he he's he's one of those dudes that's like always in the back of my mind. Like how can I get how can I get him involved in a show that we're doing, whether it's unplugged or whether it's just you know full on electric. But like I like him and Maddie a lot, so I'm really psyched to be able to play with them. Uh, but that's coming up. That's April first. That's in a couple of Fridays. I got super excited yesterday and posted that it was going to be next Friday. That's not right. And I I paid the price correcting three Instagram accounts, <laughs> putting the right date on there. But uh, hey, I'll be putting up our tickets link sometime today. Our ticket deal is uh, two for twenty five, or it's one for fifteen. That's going to be our cost from Club Loaded. It's just the way it is. I mean. It's not quite pay-to-play, but it you know, really sort of might as well be. But that's the deal we signed up for, and I'm fine with it. I'm happy to be playing. I'm happy to be playing sporadically. I will tell you, we have no other shows on the calendar right now, and I'm not saying that we aren't adding them, but I'm also not necessarily looking to add them. We've got a couple of uh, options. 
Uh, several of them are away options, and we've got people working on our behalf to bring us into their little, into their fair cities and their little towns, and we're definitely down for that. I mean, I have meant to reach out to Spags and Indian for ages to see if they're going to start back up the Jersey Shore Fest. I have not seen anything about that, and that is super unfortunate because that was one of my favorite things of the year, which means that now I've lost six flags and I've probably lost, um, I've probably lost, um, Jersey Shore Fest, which will blow, but I will talk to DBT about the Liberty Music Festival because that's the other one I really enjoy doing, and that's, of course, in Philly, but I will keep you posted as always. Um, other side note, uh, I was used to be in a band called G. Davey before I was in Rebel 9, and G. Davey's record, the last full record from G. Davey's is an album called Spartacle. Uh, that is 16 years old this week, and holy shit, that feels terrible. <laughs> Might uh, might grab some of that a little bit later on. And now on to the top twenty, I think. Oh, I hit the wrong button. Good job. Wait, wait, wait for it. Wait, wait. There we go. That was so not worth it. I'm just gonna check. Okay, I need to check sooner into the chat to make sure I'm actually broadcasting. Anybody that remembers the broadcasting fiasco of yeah, 2022, just a couple of weeks ago, would know why that's a problem. Um. So, yeah, so I'm going to talk, sorry for being disgusting, but that's just the show. Although rubbing my face probably isn't the most disgusting thing I could be doing. I could just be looking into the monitor like this. Why? None of the, none of this is, hold on, none of this is working. I look, uh, you know what I really need to do? I just need to take off the screen. Hell, I'm going to do that. I'm just not going to look at myself anymore. Yeah, although that's probably pretty stupid, right? Because then if I can't see, yeah, because I can't see if it's not recording. So I'm just, I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to ignore the elephant in the room, which is of course me. So I want to talk about the show Saturday night, uh, but I'll probably do that in the middle of the Hard Rock Lunchbox uh, because there's a lot of great stuff, a lot of, um, a lot of band stuff, like. Uh, for me and how I interact with my own band and being on stage and a lot of things that I have to give some serious thought serious thought to going forward um, you know with the change in in the entire landscape because of COVID um, because of the way people are treating each other because of you know who I am as an artist and who I am as an individual I definitely have to give some thoughts to the future of uh, live performances for the band and that is not um, that is fitting into the not a lot of shows coming up this year, uh, or not a lot of shows on the on the calendar this year, uh, in no small way. Like I said, I, I do have shows planned um, or or things that we're working on and stuff like that, and I will keep you posted on that. But yeah, there's a lot to talk about, but it's probably not really appropriate for the top twenty because I don't necessarily know that I want it on a video, so I'm not gonna. And you can't make me. <laughs> um, I will say I did not bring it up uh, except in passing on Saturday night from the stage. Um, but um, an old friend of mine, an old colleague, I guess would be the right way to, to put it, uh, passed away early, earlier or later. No, passed away last week. And I knew about that before Saturday. And I didn't want to make a big announcement about it uh, from the stage on Saturday because not only does that bring people down, but it also really affects the way that I perform because I 
am really good at getting into my head. I mean, my head is big enough, so there's plenty of room for, like, you know, you can have an ottoman in there or, or a table. Like, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you can use it as either. And um, it's just, it's, right? Like, obviously, any loss and any death is always is always sad or usually sad. Um, but I think ones that kind of pull you back to a moment in time are not necessarily sadder, but they're definitely, they definitely feel more reflective, right? Like it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. If you, if you guys don't know, and, and I don't know that anybody from the more recent Rebel 9 or certainly Hard Rock Lunchbox days would know uh, this individual. His name is Sean. His name is Sean Obenauer. He is the younger brother of Keith Obenauer. Keith and Sean were the dual guitarists for the band, the Heady Berry, that would eventually become the Vinyl Plane. And and that is Dave Schubert's band. Um, Dave is in Ten Ton Mojo now. He's also in Peace Pipe Gypsy. But forever, to me, will be the front man of the Heady Berry because that is where I met him and that is where I spent the most time with him and them. And I know that it's probably not the same anymore just because we're not playing all that much, but, like, people have made reference, and I, th- I find this amusing, people have made reference to me about their relationships with other bands, and they've referred to them as their, you know, you know this band is my Craving Strange, you know, because us and Craving Strange play together so much. I mean, we probably still, I mean, I, I think going forward as we play live, I mean, our bands will play together, um, because we like to play together. Like, I love that band. I love the members in it. Uh, I, I think a lot of that is reciprocated, and I think we always have fun playing together. It's it's less about, you know, like the show's... There's a comfort in knowing the show's going to be great, and then you can just go on and just do your best. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's like once you know the show is settled, like, it's going to... This is a great show. Like, all you really have to do is show up and do it and see what else you want to do to make it great. Like, that's... There's so much to that because then there's just so much fun. Like getting on the other side of that and like actually getting to hang with everybody. Like that's a that's a big thing for me. But like people have referred to, to other bands that they play with a lot. Like oh, they're our Craving Strange or you know that's that's our Rebel Nine or whatever. And when I tell you that when G Davy uh, had started out and was rolling into Rebel Nine, um, we we play look the Hetty Berry and the Vinyl Plane were our Craving Strange of that time. And we played with them, I would say, three to four times a month, uh, just locally. And we weren't even traveling all that much. We were traveling lightly towards the end of G Davy and early Rebel Nine, um, but we were we we played with them. We played with them so much it was weird to not see them at a show. Like our bands were so tight because we. Like, constantly. Like, we open, you open, like, you will headline. Like, that. I had that relationship with that band. And it's funny, too, because they were as different from us as, you know, like, Craving Strange is different from us. But, like, just musically different enough to, like, expand the show to make it so much bigger than it was. And then, but really still pleasing to however. Like, yeah, some, you know, some of the tie-dye hippies that would come see the Heady Berry, like... They would just sort of hang back when we would play, but we would hit them with a song every now and then that they would like, and they would just come up and dance and stuff like that. But they wouldn't leave. You know, we didn't scare anybody away, so it was it was kind of a good mix. And there was always a good Heady Barrier Vinyl Plane song that our fans always liked. There was always at least a couple in there. And then, of course, they would just cover, 
you know, songs that just everybody likes. So it was just it was just kind of fun. But we we spent years years together. And and when I when I saw Dave at the wake, uh, we were talking about like just how funny it was, like the sheer number of shows that we've played together. And like I even said, like you know the you know one bar just shittier than the next, and that was so true. And like we were talking about how, like Molly Bloom's two, and like you know excuse me, it was a two, not just Molly Bloom's because Molly Bloom's wasn't good enough. It was Molly Bloom's. Too, and like all the times we got like electrocuted over at like Bartini because they only had like one plug, you know, Sound Beach Inn driving for 75 hours to the eastern part of Long Island, and uh, you know, tracks out and run like just the, the 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 shittier bar, like after shittier bar that we would play every weekend, and we would have a great time. We're talking about playing the Zebra Club, where if you were the opening band, you had to move the fern that was up there and the filing cabinet. Like, this was just, that's how it went. Like, you know, you know, like when you're playing, like, a real show, it's like, I'll be here at 7.45 for sound check. Like, the Zebra Club is like, be here around 8 so you can clean the stuff off the stage so you have a place to play. Like, it was that. That's... And that's how we cut our teeth on local local music, you know, like local bands. It's how we learned to play with other bands. But my point is, is that we just hung with those guys so much that they were they were practically family. And and Mister Obenauer, who was Keith and Sean's dad, for whatever reason, was just a huge fan of mine personally, and thought that I was just one of the most wonderful uh, local guitar players he had he had run into. And even when we were there at the wake, he was. We were talking to him a little bit, and it was heartbreaking for me to just talk to him. Like, just I can't even imagine what it's like to like bury your own child. I, I, I can't even. I can't even imagine. But he, he was like kind of looking. He was like, "She sells smiles." That was some record. <laughs> like, and I was like, "You want to hear something fucked up?" I'm like the little cute kid on that cover. She's about to turn 16. He was like, "Get the fuck out of it!" <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, I've known those people such a long time. Like, I have a formal relationship with an informal relationship with their dad because her dad used to come like he he was even joking he's like man i used to love roading for you and he would he would he would help us with amps and guitars and stuff and like i said like the open hours like i've known them i've known them for forever i mean truth be told like i've known keith longer and keith just has always cracked me up because keith Keith hates everybody and i love that about him and it was i used to make make the joke with him all the time like I feel like Keith has handed out two compliments to other musicians in his entire life, and I am the proud owner of one of them. <laughs> that, that was that was always something. <laughs> Dave was like, "Yeah, probably," but uh, and Sean was just always quieter and just like way more the hippie and just, just just such a good soul. And like, I have not talked to Sean in ten, twelve years. I haven't even seen him. Um, he sort of dipped out of the music scene. I mean, he was, you know, working, dealing with his family. He did his own stuff, uh, and he went way more hippie, and it just, you know, as Rebel 9 and the Vinyl Plane kind of went that way musically, like, it just didn't make any sense anymore. Um, but I will say it was it was sad. It was sad to lose that. Um, it was sad to lose that light and that entity. I will tell you, and and this happened to me when Matt passed, too, it is nice and comforting to remember some of those amazing times. And 
I'm not grateful for the loss to force me to remember them, but in some small way, I am glad that I still can remember them and and have those. And I'm glad that I've lived those moments with those people. It's it's so important, and it's it's hard to process forward sometimes, depending on the loss. But to to have that loss means that there was something there to lose. And that something is really something that I think we should all focus on a little bit more. I know a lot of people have been touched with loss, especially recently. Um, and I will, I am no expert at this, but I will try and do it too. Just to focus on the reason that we feel that loss. It has to be something, has to be something palpable, has to be something in here. And that's, I don't know. That's my message today. And I think we could all do a little bit better at that. And I know that I'm going to try. And there is plenty of room in this world for more gratitude. So I will start now by being grateful for all those times I got to spend not only with Sean, but his band. And I'm going to kick off the box today with literally one of my favorite, favorite songs to ever leave this floating rock that we live on. It was great then. And I got to tell you, it's great now. It's going all the way back to the Hetty Berry days some million and a half years ago. It's Mushroom Tea on the box. That's awesome.